I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his old sweet song. forward two steps back as the 10-man addicts are turned over by Gillingham at home once again this run we're meant to be kickstarting suffers yet another full start welcome to club podcast of the year nominated Charlton Live Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you are well. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and joining me on, yes, Club Podcast of the Year nominated once again, uh, Charlton Live this week to the back of that really disappointing uh, defeat against uh, Gillingham uh, at the Valley yesterday. First up, uh, a man uh, we all forgot existed, uh, Terry Smith. How are you doing, Tell? <laughs> yeah, I'm still about, contrary to popular yeah. belief. Yeah, we haven't heard you on the pod for ages. No, it's because I'm normally in bed when you uh, when you put the tweets out to, yeah. to join because yeah, uh, no. I think last week uh, I had some uh, defence to that last week we were cut first trip away for a while because of the situation so uh, trekking it back from Rochdale I didn't get in until the early hours so uh, I, uh, by the time I went to bed and then got up again you'd already put the, um, the messages out to see who wanted to be on prior to that I can't answer you 
All I'm hearing is excuses, Tell. And, yeah, uh, basically, I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't wash on this show anymore. And uh, also joining us here is the chef, Mark Newby. How do you doing, Mark? I'm just glad that I'm the um, younger one on the team tonight. So normally, yeah. I, I've, I've been keeping the average age up. So like, nice. We to only have his word for that, by the way. Yeah, was it was it was it Benji said when when we decided who was on? It's like an episode of One Foot in the Grave on this week's show. <laughs> Last of a summer wine. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. Well, let's uh, let's not get dragged down in that. Right. So uh, on this evening's show, then we will be looking back at a three-two defeat, another uh, disappointing day, uh, and of course we'll be concentrating on on Lee Bayer's comments uh, afterwards. We'll hear from the addicts boss. We've got loads of uh, reaction uh, from what Lee Bayer said as well from you guys. So plenty to get through uh, on this evening's show. And just before we hear the highlights or part of the highlights, Terry, um, yeah, another another tough one to take. And obviously going going down to ten men didn't help. Uh, and the sixth time that's happened this season, so that's something else that's starting to get a bit tricky really we, we, we seem to become a, a side that's lacking discipline um but you know defensively we, we've let in some screamers but at the same time we've defended badly as well it's been the story of our season yeah i mean you can't necessarily hide behind the fact that they've all we've had some real corkers scored against us this season and, and yesterday was no different uh i mean you look at um was it ollie lee's shot in the first minute um, that nestled into the bottom le- bottom corner and then uh, every other shot after that was well he, he hit the bar once but uh, you know, there was one that uh, ended up in Rosette and another one which which he missed it completely it, it's, but you're right and, and I think everybody will um, be up in arms if we try and uh, use that as an excuse and quite rightly so we um, I, you just can't put I, I, don't, I can't put my finger on it you can't you can't judge the two different sides the sides that uh, won away so convincingly last week uh, and fought for everything, and the defence were outstanding. And then we come back to the valley, uh, and we look soft again. And it's it's just bizarre. And, and I'd love to know the answer. I mean, if I knew the answer, then we'd all be millionaires, or I certainly would be, um, because uh, you'd be you'd be able to predict everything. Uh, how the same side, exactly the same side, that went out uh, at the valley yesterday, can uh, well, I guess we allowed ourselves to get bullied. And I don't I don't don't think we played that badly. I think that you know, especially when we pulled about the two all. Before they, um, after they scored for for a proportion of that first half, we were on top until 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 we scored, um, and so there were you know, it wasn't a horrible performance necessarily. It's just that in certain aspects we we were just soft again, as and Bowie said it before um, about us being too soft at times, and I think we were guilty of that yesterday as well. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? How I think that I think there's been too many home games recently where be, because we are so effective i'd say attacking yeah we, we score a lot of goals that, that that's not changed uh you know another two yesterday that that probably glosses over the fact and it does make it feel like we're playing playing well which we are going forward i mean it's just baffling as to why we are so bad defensively you know the first goal dead Oshilaja's header so poor you know deji i mentioned last week he's done well but he does have a ricket in him and we saw at least two yesterday um I, I can't understand why we are so... I mean, that third goal as well, and we'll, we'll dissect it properly later, Mark, but, I mean, oh, oh, it's going to be a tough show. But your your feelings, Mark, just before we hear the, the highlights, your overall feelings of yesterday's game? Um, well, I totally agree with Terry um, when he said bullied, because I thought to myself, if you remember last season when we played Fulham and Pierce was up against uh, Mitrovic, who puts himself about, and they had an absolute battle for 90 minutes no quarter asked for no quarter given and at the end of it they walked off it was a draw they shook hands and got on with it you know that kind of physical player yesterday Akindi 
um, for Gillingham, just put Pierce in his pocket and he was just running riot. And I think they just looked scared to get close to him, scared to, you know, to get near him. And I think, you know, the battle was lost mentally with that. Um, Perrington, Gunter, did, you know, didn't do anything outrageous. But I just thought, you know, we, we just couldn't handle... And you're thinking, well, this is the kind of game which should be bread and butter for Pierce. I mean, I said last week when everyone was raving about what a great game he'd had, I said, you know, I've got to give it over a couple of games of constant performance. And I think this just shows why I said that, because this was definitely a, like a four out of ten performance. And um, it's it's difficult because, like, like you said, we are scoring and we, we are looking fairly comfortable, I'd say, um, across midfield. But... It's just every time it comes forward, you're just thinking, because you don't really remember Amos making outrageous saves. You, you see him picking the ball out of his net, but you don't see him making all these all these saves. So it is hard to pick exactly, mm. like to put your finger on it. It drives me insane. It's interesting, actually, funny, like, because I think you and me are going to disagree there, because I didn't think Pierce himself actually did too much wrong yesterday. I'm looking at Deji for the for the first goal. Um, definitely looking at Perrington for the for the third goal. Maybe I need to see them again, but you know that's different opinions we're going to have on the show. Uh, Terry, do you want to jump in, or should we go to the highlights? Yeah, no, no, I have a slightly different opinion as well. When you consider where the goals came from, um, uh, the first the first goal came from Ollie Lee, the midfield player who was allowed to just run through the midfield to slot it home. Yes, the the clearing header could have been better, uh, but generally it's a midfield player that scored. Uh, the second goal was from uh, uh, what's his name? Um, was it Ogilvy? Wasn't it? Uh, who, was, who was their left back? Who run? Who just hit spanked one from twenty five yards or whatever it was? And then the, uh, the third goal was another midfield player. And out of the three, uh, I think the third goal. Uh, you're right about Perrington. Not just Perrington. To a lesser extent, Jason Pierce probably could have shouted at him to if he didn't to uh, see him out to to guide him away from his shooting foot which was his right uh, but also I think Liam Miller probably could have closed the space down a little bit better as well so <clears throat> yeah I, I, I agree with Mark on the battle in front I think it was always a battle I, I think both uh, Dejos Larger and, and Jason Pierce had a battle on their hands with uh, um, with Akinda and uh, was it Oliver um, the other forward uh, yes they had a battle but uh, and they won a few lost a few but I think um, it was the second balls from clearances that we weren't dealing with uh, and that's where we got bullied and I think that's where um, certainly the first um, two goals where uh, we didn't do enough. Mm, and it's something that happens often uh, for us, unfortunately. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights uh, on Valley Pass Live yesterday. Just a note that uh, Glove Pup forgot to press record for the first goal. So we, uh, we if you listen to this, you'll hear a 2-2 draw. But let's listen back to the uh, the Valley Pass highlights. Uh, Greg Stubley and Terry Smith are your commentators. Dunton looked long towards Stockley. Doesn't get there. And will it run through? And it might do to Miller, who's... Got it ahead of his man into the penalty area. A little ball sideways to Anike. Can he finish? Yes, he can! And the third attempt, Chucks Anike finds the back of the net. Twice he's hit the woodwork. This time, Liam Miller pouncing on a mistake at the Gillingham defence. Man on the floor as the ball was put through. Could have gone on his own, Liam Miller, but instead he slid it across to Anike, who had no trouble burying the chance. Brilliant from Liam Miller. Does really well. Initially, there was a slip from O'Keefe. Miller picks it up, and I was thinking he might have taken his man on a little bit more, but he looks up, saw Anike, who just avoided the offside, controlled, got it into his possession, and then a tap-in in the end. Gillingham appealing for offside. It's not given, and Charlton level. 
Lovely reverse pass with his back foot. And uh, Anike goes back to Forster Kasky, back across the penalty area to Prattley. Will he take the shot? He does! Oh, tipped over the bar, it's a corner. Oh, what an effort from that to take on Perrington. Ball in. It's a header by Pierce. It might come the way of Lee. It does. Out to his left. Ogilvie hits it! Oh, what a screamer! Ben Amos couldn't do much about that. The ball was teed up to Ogilvie. It just struck it superbly past Ben Amos and Gillen retake the lead. Well, he said there's nothing much anybody could have done about that. It just fell for him, and it's one of those that uh, they either go in or it'll have been uh, heading down towards the Woolwich barrier. This one flew past Ben Amos. Maybe Charlton will look at the clear record. Stop Cleet. Got cross Cundy in. There is the half time whistle as Charlton going to the break. That's a score line. Charlton one, Gillingham two. Ginny swing this ball in penalty area again. This time towards Pierce. Heads down. Cundy gets there first and can clear only as far as Miller. Miller has got Shinny to his right again, who he uses. Shinny controls. Ball, it's a decent one looking for Stockley with a header! And Charlton equalise! Jaden Stockley with the header. A lovely ball in from Andrew Shinny on his right hand side. And Stockley jumped well. His header went past bottom. And it's Charlton 2, Gillingham 2 after 50, coming up to 52 minutes. That's a lovely cross, Stockley this time got there. Not only did he get there, but he managed to generate the power that he couldn't the time before. And guide it past Bonham. Finds Barrington, couldn't quite do so. Good challenge from Shinny, though, and it might come the way of Nikkei. He's trying to struggle off Cundy and does so. And Nikkei is saved by Bonham at the near post. It will be a Charlton corner. Just for a second there, you thought to the luck had... Gone Charlton's way. A superb well just to walk over and say thank you very much. Sends it long. Nico will try and get on the end of this. And uh, yeah, he's just run straight into Tucker and he might get a booking for his troubles here, Nico. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about Stop that. A lovely touch on to Nico, but he can't get it under control. Can't get his foot. Oh no! The referee's going to send Nico off here. I can't believe that. I'll have to see that again. I know he tried to get to the ball. He wouldn't come to him. And he's gone for the ball. Made connection with Ogilvy, who stayed down. And the referee has seen that as a second yellow. And that's very harsh. He, he thinks that... I don't, I'm not even sure he's, he's aware that Ogilvy's there. He's looking for the ball towards his right-hand side. And I think it was the, out, the run of Jayasimi. He definitely made his contact on Ogilvy. I don't think there's any question about that. And he's quite high, and that's the problem. Landing on his knee. I think that's what he's knee. done. It goes across. Jackson, still on it. Going to take Miller on, goes past him, ball into the box, finds Lee off the crossbar, back to Akinde, great block from Gunter and Charlton survive with four and a half minutes left of normal time. Still 2 2 here, McKenzie for Gillingham, out to Ogilvy, halfway inside the Charlton half, back to McKenzie, out to the right is Dempsey, allowed to come towards the edge of the penalty area, now he's in the penalty area, Perrin trying to stop him, ball drilled in and shot and goal. And that's all comes from allowing Dempsey the space and time to get into the penalty area. Goes past Perrington and drills a shot home. Yeah, done with your tail. Chomp should have got a little bit tired to Dempsey there. Got away with initially with the Lee effort, which came off the bar, and Chomp just didn't regroup and comes to Dempsey and, and both Miller and Perrington allowing him to come inside the penalty area. Gets onto his right foot, opens up a bit of space, and again, it's another wonderful finish past Ben Amos. But the fact he was allowed to bring that ball inside the penalty area will annoy Lee Bowyer. Gets ahead of Perrington, and it's a powerful effort. Just bobbled up just as he hit <laughs> just it. Just bobbled to, up perfectly for him, didn't it? Just to connect with that strike past Amos again. He couldn't do much about that. 
Ginnam have the lead under control cleared away but only straight to Jayasumi can he take the shot away he can oh tipped over the bar Chop so close to getting back on level terms and Bonham denies it Oshelaja steps in to win it back for Chop gets it to Amos and uh, the referee only plays 30 seconds of added time so the two substitutions weren't counted in added time and Charlton have gone down here 3-2 to Gillingham. Well, there we go. That was the highlights from uh, the uh, 3-2 defeat, unfortunately, against uh, uh, against Gillingham yesterday. Uh, a game that nearly didn't go ahead. And after 30 seconds, Terry, I'm wishing it hadn't. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, Nathan and his side did so much hard work to, to get that game on, despite Steve Evans being desperate to, to be called off. And, you know, I said to a, a Gillingham fan on Twitter, tried to add, add a pop after, fair enough, you, you've won the game. And I said, I, I, all I said was, I just kind of understand why Steve Evans was so desperate to pass up an attempt to have a go at our defence. Because if I was given the chance, I think I would at the moment as well. I'd go out there and try and play. He's crazy. I think he was prioritising because uh, they got a game against Peterborough coming up in the week and they had a couple of injuries scares yesterday. I think, was it Graham was missing for them yesterday and I think uh, that he was concerned going into the game. What that should have done would have should have given us the confidence to really go at them uh, because uh, he, they clearly didn't want to play it or they clearly were looking for reasons not to play it. But Nathan and his team did a superb job, absolutely superb job because apparently he was... Um, minus between minus ten and minus fourteen overnight at the valley, and when he got there, he said it was like concrete. So uh, to get it playable was uh, was superb. But as you say, a minute in, we probably wished well, and and ninety minutes in, probably wished he hadn't bothered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so Mark, just dissecting the first goal. And obviously, it's the worst possible start. It was mildly funny that they had Rob Leon as a guest when his son was scoring against us. I, w- I would have liked to have seen that conversation at half time. Um, but uh, yeah, again, just simple errors. Doji Oshalaja heading the ball into the middle of the park outside our, our penalty area. I can't understand why we're doing this. I, I, well, I sort of looked up, you know, because the game just started. I was getting my notes wherever they needed to be. And I looked up and saw Amos scrambling back towards his goal. So I think he'd originally looked like he was coming out of his area or something. Um, and, and ball, you know, fired into the bottom corner. So again, it's just that, you know, we've gone from that performance at Rochdale where we actually looked like an organised unit. And all of a sudden, within within 30 seconds, we're back to our old selves. Well, I'd, funny enough, I'd missed it as well. I'd gone to get a brew before the game started and I walked in at one minute and saw we 1-0 down. Um, I did see it. Yes, it's the wrong thing for Deji to do. Um, was it a good strike? Yes, it was a good strike. Um, he's that kind of player, Ollie Lee. Um, decent. and uh, I'd, It's being caught cold straight away. I mean, to concede at any time is not good, but to concede in the first five minutes, you've, you've really got to wonder where their head's at um, for going. I mean, did they think the game wasn't going to go ahead, you know, even after the warm-up? I know it was very late before the referee said, you know, it can happen. But you do wonder mentally where they are. Why isn't you know, everyone, you know, chomping at the bit, be first in the tackle. That's what, you know, you've got to be saying in your huddle beforehand, be first in, let them know, you know, they're playing your game. And we, we didn't do that. I mean, we showed great character to get back into it. After that, I just told myself the next 15 minutes before the, the um, goal was coming, I thought, you know, we're going to equalise here. We could see it coming, but... It's we used to be caught just after half time as well, and you're thinking, I don't understand that why are they so relaxed and not switched on at the start of a game for either half. I, I, I don't, I'd love to get inside um, a sportsman's head to work out what you know what with us was, was the um, deciding factor. I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a good reaction, Tell. We did come out strong. We'd already hit the, the woodwork twice before we, we levelled and Liam Miller took advantage of a slip, uh, played it into Chucks and Eke, obviously finished well. Um, but then, yeah, I, I don't know if Jake's injury just a few moments later seemed to seemed to stifle us once more. I think that's fair as well. I think we we certainly missed him, uh, Jake, when he went off. He's, he's probably been one of our, if not the best player on a, in the side for the last um, couple of months so yeah we definitely missed him no question about it we were um, after the initial shock of going to go behind in, in the first minute um, we bossed the game right up until the to the second one um, and uh, probably could have had two or three and if we had done we'd have probably been out of sight and, and they wouldn't have got back in it um, that second goal I think and and uh, Jake going off certainly knocked the stuffing out of us no question about it and I think uh, Something we never recovered from, I don't think, because um, we seemed to, um, I don't know, get anxious potentially in the second half. We were, I wouldn't say trying too hard, that's probably not the right phrase, but it, we just didn't seem to click as well uh, and didn't help that the referee seemed to, um, seemed to, we seemed to change refs in the second half because he seemed quite controlled and, and in charge of the game in the first half, second half he went missing. Yeah, that was a strange one. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, we obviously have to hold your hands up. That was a fine strike from from Connor Oglevy for for Gillingham. And uh, in terms of you know, as a cross that we defended our box and then just didn't get it far enough away, and 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 that's the punishment. Obviously, there, there's you know, you could say you 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 want to see players charge down, but Prattley Prattley was trying to get out there, but he's hit it well and and it's gone in the in the top corner. Arguably, not much we could do about that one. Not like the first one that we should have defended, and and the third one that we certainly should have. But you know, after after half time, we came back into it as well. Jaden Stockley, I think we should say, is actually an excellent header uh, from Stockley. If you see the ball was almost behind him, and he's uh, sort of levered his neck backwards to to get the power into it and got us back into it. But then I'm trying to think really of clear cut chances after that. Mark, there was one where a clearance was charged down and it fell to Anike and uh, you know forced a save from the goalkeeper. But really, did 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 we create enough in that? second half having got back onto to level terms you know in in, in the spell between hauling it level and, and an EK getting sent off uh probably not but you remember we hit the woodwork twice in the first half as well which seems just to be um and anyone who wants to have a bet on how many times we'll hit a woodwork in a game I'd go for at least three or more um in the second one second half um JS, JS Army had um a chance with their goalkeeper save but yeah, I don't really remember much after that. But at two-two, before the sending off, I thought to myself, you know, I could only see one winner here, and I just thought it was going to be us. I thought, you know, we were just going to wear them down. Um, there might have not been a sort of many clear-cut chances, and it like, was a great header, and Stockley has just become sort of an absolute favourite for just literally for his whole attitude. Um, but clear-cut chances, no, sort of like maybe one I can think of, but. It's, but you don't know after the sending off, the mentality. We know we're going to be deeper. We know we're going to be sitting back a bit. But we still probably had chances, you know, just to catch them on the break where they were pushing forward. And it wasn't the greatest debut from DJ to come on for um, uh, Jake. You know, move Shinny. I like Shinny going back into midfield. I thought he he, he did well. Um, he got, DJ gave a ball away a couple of times for me, which I'm thinking, you know, he's, he's chasing back, but you make sure. And I don't know, it's hard to blame the pitch, whether he couldn't get a full head of steam up and turn the guy. A couple of times he put in some good crosses, but no one on the end of it. Um, difficult. I mean, we had 12 shots, six on target, six off target. So 
I don't know, that's about average for us for a game, I think. Mm, yeah, I mean, so I mean, let's talk about that red card then for Chooks and EK. Uh, two yellow cards in about two minutes, it was, Tell. Um, your views, I mean, we heard in the highlights, I think once you saw a replay, particularly the second one, uh, you thought maybe that, you know, seems fair. I, I haven't seen it, I thought definitely, definitely two yellows, unfortunately. Well, I think the second one is a slightly different opinion, I think. The second one, it's not a stamping motion. He he goes to kick the ball, misses, and his follow-through with the side of his foot catches the guy's knee. It wasn't full-blooded. It wasn't like a horrendous, um, thunderous kick on his on his knee that would uh, would send him to hospital or any of that. Uh, but he made contact, of course. Now, uh, it's a foul, no question about it. But it's just a mistimed effort to get to the ball. Is that a yellow card? I've got a feeling. If, uh, if firstly, if Chucks hadn't have been on a yellow, I don't think he'd have given him a second yellow. Uh, the first one, I, you, do you know what I mean? I don't think he'd have given him a yellow card had he not already been on one. And secondly, I just think in the back of the referee's mind, that first challenge that Chucks did, and he was angry because he got pulled back and had been pulled back consistently um, by, um, I think it was, was it Tucker? No, it was Cundy, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he got pulled back just slightly before that, and so that's why he thundered into the man, into the player. And I think the referee thought he might should have sent him off because um, I think in the back of his mind, he, I think he's thinking he led with his elbow. And when you look at it in slow motion, it looks a lot worse than it did at, uh, at full speed. So that's my thinking. I think uh, the referee saw an opportunity to make up for what he should have done the first time. Yeah, so, well, in, interesting uh, interesting point there. And then obviously, so we've, we've gone into that last 20 minutes then, a, a man down and Gillingham just started to come out again towards the end. I think I saw Steve Evans' post-match comments. He sort of said that he, he felt the, the sending off did sort of change his game plan again and, and that they were looking for for space to sort of uh, take advantage of. And they did that. I mean, they'd hit, hit the bar moments before they scored the, the winner. And and again, I mean, is Carl Dempsey given the, the freedom as much time as he wanted to run into the penalty area and just fire it beyond Amos? It's just, it's just, it just felt like we were backing off him, Mark, for me. Yeah, that's always going to be the trouble. I mean, you think to yourself, we, I think we're good enough to hold out for 20 minutes um, with 10 men. I think, you know, if it's backs of the wall, it's backs of the wall throwing bodies in. Uh, we obviously proved what we weren't. Um, it's it's hard. I don't, I, you know, I haven't checked on any of the stats. You said we've had six red cards. Um, I don't know how many of those games we've drawn or lost, or I presume we've maybe lost all of them, um, but there's been a red card in it. Uh, it's it's difficult, but teams practice playing, you know, ten against eleven, you know, nine against ten with an extra man. So you know, you move across, you defend. Um, it it's difficult. Could the goal have been um, stopped? Yeah, I did think in a build up there could have been a few more better tackles. Uh, could he showed him outside? Yes, I, I think there's in hindsight when you look back at it, there's loads of things you could have done. Um, Going back to the red card, I, th- I thought, you know, he didn't give a referee much option. The fact that it was so close to the first card, you know, where the referee's thinking, oh, you know, he's riled up, he's caught him, you know, it's definitely yellow. If you if he hadn't got yellow for the first, would he have got yellow for the second? Then yes, then it's a second yellow. I mean, the only advantage, it's only a one-match ban, isn't it, if it's two yellows? Um, so we only miss him for Fleetwood and then he'd be back. We, d- we didn't get much off a referee yesterday. I think, tactically, Evans had told them to slow everything down, spoil it, put their foot so we couldn't take anything quick. And referee let them do it. He didn't move them on. I mean, he didn't 
penalise them if they did put a foot on the ball or something. He just moved them back. You know, tactically, you know, they they set up against us in in the right way to beat us. You know, the way we've been playing recently. Um, but you know, I, it's it's all everything's with hindsight. But I'd, I'd said a few weeks ago, you know, you're. Every football fan's expectations change literally from week to week. Last week, we're going right now, we can go on a run. This week, you know, it feels like it's doom and gloom, but it's only really been the story of our season so far. I mean, we're what, how many games um, into it? 20, 28 games. And it seems like this has been every three weeks the same thing. So we shouldn't be surprised at how we are, where we are, and how we're feeling at the moment. Excellent stuff. It's interesting you talk about expectations because that's certainly a conversation that's going to come up uh, after we hear from Lee Bowen. I think we should hear from him now. Um, we spoke to him after the game, uh, asked the Addicts boss uh, for his thoughts at full time. It's disappointing because we haven't won the game, but I don't think the players could have done much more. I think they gave everything. Um, and, and the one thing I'd say is decisions change games. Um until the sending off, I thought we was the better side. We looked the most likely, and I believe we'd have gone on and won the game. So, uh, obviously, the sending off absolutely kills it. Kills it once you go down to 10 minutes, still tough. And to be fair, we, we're still trying to push for that for that winner. Um, but they end, up, they end up nicking it in the end. And uh, it's a bit harsh on the players. They gave everything. Um, said to them that they'd have to fight and compete because they're a team that go from back to front uh, and we've done that I think to give them a, a one a goal head start again after what a minute disappointing because if you think last weekend we looked solid like we're never going to concede again and then the first minute into this game we make a mistake and, and then we get punished from it. I have to say, first two goals were great finishes. Um, I think it's probably the only two shots I had in the first half. <laughs> and they, uh, they end up turning into goals. And that's it's been our season so far, I think. Whenever teams hit a shot, it seems to go in. So, um, but yeah, looking at the positives, we we competed, which we had to do. And we moved the ball well, created a lot of chances. Differences, other teams, they're hitting shots and they're going in. And that seems to be hitting the work a lot in the first half. So it's not getting that little break. But overall, I thought we, thought we were the better side and, and I believe we'd have gone on and won. So disappointed, but can't be too disappointed because we, we had a lot of good spells, a lot of positives to take from it. I guess referees are always under a lot of pressure when when they're they're managing Gillingham at the moment. Um, I mean, do, do you think that played a part in it? Do you think it certainly changed the momentum of that second half? Do, do you think Steve Evans could have played a part in that red card? The amount of pressure he does put on the officials. Oh, for sure, for sure. How how someone can stand on the sideline and try and get opponents players booked in that way? Not very nice. Um, not very nice at all. So that's why Chuck's got sent off. That's why, because of the pressure. 
the intimidation that, that comes from them. Um, you're not telling me that, that both of them challenges are yellow card challenges. Not a chance. Uh, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing because he's. He, I thought the ref done okay. Apart from that, apart from the red card, I thought he, he didn't put a foot wrong. Um, apart from the yellow card, sorry. One other thing was when their fella dived, blatantly dived, and, and and cheated and tried to get a penalty. He didn't get a yellow card. And Deji dived and cheated and tried to get a penalty because that's what it is. If you're going to dive in the box with no contact, then you're cheating. So they both should have got a yellow card. But again, Deji gets a yellow card and, and, and their fella don't. It's the same fella that got the penalty up there, in, up there, uh, Grand <laughs> season. Blatant. So, uh, yeah, part them two things were the only things he really got wrong, I thought, the referee. I thought he was strong apart from that. Were you surprised that, that you got booked yourself when uh, like the antics you see in games like this? I shouted, I shouted once to the fourth official, and that was because he booked Deji for diving, which is rightly so. If it ain't a penalty, then book him. But you've got to do the same to their fella. Like his one was embarrassingly bad. But he didn't get booked. Why didn't he get booked? Their fella. And that was my point. Like, hold on. Like, you book him our player, but his fella done exactly the same. And then I, did, I, I didn't swear at the, the fourth official or anything. But because I shouted, then he gets me booked. So I'm like, are you kidding me? This man has not stopped shouting and swearing the whole game. And then you want to get me booked for shouting once? Because it's blatantly obvious what, what the difference was. Anyway, it's not about me. You get a card, so what? I'll get you a card. But that's that's not important. I'm not surprised now. We, we saw good character, and I think you know, even having gone behind in in the first minute, I thought Charlton looked very strong in that first half, and uh, surprised they only scored once really in that in that spell because they they certainly reacted well to going behind. Yeah, and like I said, there's a lot of positives to take from the game. Um, we we moved the world well. We we created chances. We caused them problems from from once we went one down. I think that we uh, we, we was good. It was good in large large parts of that game. Um, obviously, taking away the first goal, second goal can't really do much about it. It's, it's a long ball into the box, and then there's a scrap and a gamble and a, and a ricocheting and then it's an half clearance and that's what they do they put pressure on and keep the ball alive and then you've got to clear it again it comes out to the fullback and he just hits an absolute screamer so can't stop that um, first one great finish third one yeah I like to think we could have done better with that one uh, but I just think that, that it was tiredness tiredness they had that extra man and and it paid off for him in the end. Just finally on on Jake, obviously he was um, sort of fifty fifty. Well, he was a doubt before the game, but he was able to start. Then he's come off. Was that a precaution, or has he picked up something there? No, he's saying he's just felt it a little bit again. Um, but he trained Thursday, Friday, so he obviously went for his scan on Monday, I think, and scan came back all clear, nothing wrong. Um, so then we looked after him Tuesday, Wednesday, didn't, didn't train. 
And then he trained Thursday, Friday and was fine. So, again, I don't know. Sometimes if you get them little occurring ones, it could be just like neural from the back and you, you feel little twinges, you know, and it pulls you up a little bit. So maybe it could be something like that. I don't know. But he was fine. He, the scan showed that there was nothing there earlier on in the week and he trained Thursday, Friday, normal. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, see what it is. You obviously have experience this season of getting the players up again after a disappointing result. Is that becoming harder as the season goes on and potentially chances of promotion are starting to become harder and harder? No, because it'd be more difficult if we wasn't playing well. Um, if we wasn't moving the ball well, if we wasn't creating chances, if we weren't scoring goals then it would be obviously a lot more difficult. But again, we've scored two goals, created a lot of chances. It would work twice again. Um, not every week, teams, are, every shot they hit is going to go in. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously difficult because we're all disappointed. The players are disappointed. I'm disappointed. Um, but work rate, they give me everything. And that's what I just said to him. You gave everything again. You've done everything that we work on in training. You move the ball well. You create chances. You score goals. Sometimes things just don't go your way. And today was one of them, I think. Whether it's decisions or where the ball lands. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the game sometimes, Benji. We can't control that, you know. And I said to him, like, if, you, if, you don't, if we don't get the red card, then we don't want to win the game. Like, I, I honestly believe that. I, I know we believe because we was we was a team on top, they was in trouble. They, they they was backed in. They couldn't really get out, and so. But unfortunately, decisions that I can't control uh, can change games at times, and um, that's what happened today. Yeah, and as you said, there's nothing that you or the players can really do about a volley pinged into the top corner from 25, but. Defensively, obviously, another three goals conceded today. Is is there any idea about when Akin might get back in the team? Obviously, it's 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 unfair to rely on him as sort of the savior of the defense, but still, is a I know something that supporters are are hoping to find out. Well, Akin will play another game on uh, Monday for the twenty threes. He played last week. Come through sixty minutes again. Like if Akin would have been playing there. He would not have stopped that first goal. He would not have stopped that second goal. So I think it's a bit unfair to try and put pressure on on, on that lad. Um, Jason Pierce didn't really put a step wrong today. Um, so I don't think that that's fair to, to be saying things like that. Akin was doing well when he was playing for us before, but he's been out a long time and we, we've got to make sure we do the right thing with him. And on Monday, he'll be playing in the 23s again and, and building up his minutes. So again, we'll see how he comes through that and then we'll address where he goes from there. So um, I want him to be in the squad um, as quick as possible, but uh, we'll have to see how things go over the next few days. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as, as you said, unfair to expect him to suddenly come in and and stop those ridiculous long-distance goals. Now, kind of a difficult question, and feel free to not be able to answer it or to just not answer it. But obviously, the 
the goal coming into the season and the goal the entire time has been promotion and if not promotion, at least the playoffs. Do you feel that you and your coaching staff will be under pressure if that doesn't happen at the end of the season? Or have you, has there been talks with Thomas that you'll be there regardless? Uh, and, and who told you that that was the goal to, to get promotion in the top two or, or the uh, or through the playoffs? Who, who's, who told you that that was the plan? Well, to, to be fair, Thomas Sangard said that that was the plan when he came in. And other players have said it. Is, is it not the goal? Of course, we want to finish as high as we can. But what I would say is, is that if you look at Wigan, who was in the same plan as us, who come down, lost probably most of their better players, if you like. Have a look where they are and then look where we are. So... I think, and, and someone can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that we're overachieving right now. So if we don't make the playoffs, and obviously that's a discussion that the, the chairman, uh, the owner, Thomas, will, I'm sure we will have. But I believe that me and my staff and, and the players that we've got together now we will give ourselves every opportunity and we will fight for every point. Um, it will never be from, from that. So, good question. But if people think that because we lost 12 players, we was under an embargo, we wasn't allowed to sign anybody and everyone had four, five, six weeks head start on us. And then we had the cap come in. If any other team had everything to deal with, like what we did, I'd love to see where they would be sitting now. So we're overachieving, trust me. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Washington and Stockley combined. He's back with Washington. Can he get the ball in the box? He can. To Stockley, no, just beyond him. Finds Miller, though. Will he take the shot? He does, and it's the goal! John take the lead. 17 and a half minutes gone, and a fully deserved one of that. Yeah, totally agree, Tell. This time they make MK Dons pay. John pressed really, really well in his opening 17 minutes. We spoke about 
the opportunities they should have created and nearly had one through Darren Prattley just a minute ago. This time the ball on the right side, lovely ball in from Washington. And again, an overload on left-hand side. Stockley could have got it. Instead, he leaves it for Liam Miller, and that's a lovely finish from the Liverpool loading. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. Hope you're enjoying the show uh, so far. I did mention at the top of the show, but we have been nominated uh, for an award, the Football Supporters Association Club Podcast of the Year. This is the second time in three years uh, we've been nominated. Um, and uh, yeah, we actually need, it's, it's a vote this year, so we need your, your help. So if you look at the Charlton Live uh, Twitter page or Facebook page, uh, you'll see, or even in the uh, the blurb for this podcast that you're listening to right now, you'll see uh, a link to the voting page. If you can go on there and vote for us, we'd be really grateful. We've got uh, some big teams in there. I think there's a Leeds one and a Man City in amongst the six nominees, so it's going to be a tough ask. But if everyone goes on and votes, then maybe we'll have a chance of uh, of uh, getting getting something there. So uh, yeah, thanks for everyone who's listened and given us a chance to be nominated for it. But we need your votes now as well. If you could uh, do that, that'd be brilliant. Right, we heard there from Lee Bowyer. Um, I think the major talking point out of everything he came yesterday came right at the end. Uh, Benji asking uh, about the pressure. Uh, what pressure there will be uh, in terms of Boyer's job at the end of the season if we aren't in the playoffs. Now, it's an, it's an interesting question. Obviously, it's one we felt thought about for a while. It, I, I'm honest. If I'm being honest, I, I, I still think it's too early to be asking that, you know, to, to know the answer to that yet about Thomas. If We don't know what Thomas is like. But, you know, Benji asked what Boyer's opinion would be on that. And, and we heard his answer there Um Terry, he he did answer the question. I think he was a bit defensive at, at first, as you would be. Um, but as I said, we don't really know what Thomas is like yet in terms of that. But I mean, it's interesting to hear Boyer's thoughts. And now he talks about he he thinks that the side are overachieving at the moment. I mean, the first thing he said was, you know, who 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 told you that we're we're going for top six? Now I'm, I'm, I've got in front of me first of October interview with Thomas Sangard. Uh, Thomas Sangard is expecting to reach the playoffs as a worst case scenario. Uh, it says, I want to be in top two, but the worst case is the playoffs. Uh, the expectation is that we get promoted again this season, but I know how much the team has been decimated throughout the spring and this fall, so it's going to be about rebuilding. It may, uh, looking at last week's game, which at that point was a 2-0 loss at Lincoln, uh, it may take quite a bit of time to get to the position where we are clearly better than most other teams, so it might be quite an uphill battle. Let's see where we are in the fall part of the season and what we can do. Uh, how we come out of the market will mean that we can gauge things better. So obviously, you know, Thomas, you know, he, it would have been very strange if he'd come out and not spoken about the playoffs or promotion being the target. Um, I mean, looking at his quotes back then, obviously he's got a realistic head on as well. So, I mean, but then I, I asked Bo last week what, you know, if the targets changed or anything like that. Uh, this was after the Portsmouth game. Uh, he said, I'll never make excuses. I think now that we have a squad that can compete. Uh, talking about the sign, it says the sign is of closer gap. Um, you know, the, the only difference is a point advantage. If you, uh, if you like, uh, if we don't finish in the top six, then I won't be happy. I believe the lads we've got in the dressing room now uh, have got enough. They're all good lads. So, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say the aim of the top six has certainly been spoken about. I think there's also been a little bit of, but you know, we have to take these things into consideration about everything we've been through. So it's. It's it's a, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people were surprised by Bayer's comments that we're overachieving yesterday. I, I definitely think it's a, a hangover from uh, 
the statement he made, a, a very the same statement he made at the beginning of the season when we went on that eight game run. He said, "Look, don't go, don't go, go overboard here. We're overachieving. You know, with the players we've got, um, in other words, the, the rush we had to sign bodies, any bodies to to get to, to get a season underway, um, and not necessarily the caliber of of player that they would normally have had." Uh, then we were overachieving. Now, whether that's his statement um, yesterday is a hangover of that, so you know we're overachieving because of that squad of players. Hopefully, that means the ones we got now. Because he did say that uh, you know the players we've got now means we can uh, we can have a good go. So that's that's how I'm reading it. Um, but that, and that might seem uh, people might seem that's rose tinted a bit, and I I tend to agree it probably is. But that's what I'm sort of guessing he's he's getting at with that statement um, and maybe he's got caught on the hop a bit maybe he wasn't expecting the question in the first place yeah possibly um, I mean Mark your, your views so uh, obviously you know at the start of the season we, we had all these issues off the field and, and, and it is a hangover it does you know I mean I don't know if there if there is an expectation amongst some people, and and I probably got sucked in it as well when we were when, when Thomas had come in, and all of a sudden we're winning all these games. Um, you're thinking, oh, brilliant! Everything's turned around already. But injuries catch up with you. Um, the fact that we again give other teams a head start has caught up with us, and now we're unable. I mean, I don't think you can say we're overachieving when when we're not winning games. I think I think that's probably the the, the main brunt of the disappointment for people is because currently we we're, we're going through a run of three wins in something like 12 games. I mean, I don't you can't describe that as overachieving. But obviously you, people will look at where we are in uh, as a club our size in League 1 and, and not thinking sitting outside the top 6 is overachieving. I mean, what, what did you make of it, Mark? Um it's a difficult turn of phrase, I'd say. Looking at it logically, I can understand we you know we have had wins without our ideal back four so you know would you say you've overachieved when you've won that game you know where you're thinking well if we get a draw here we'd be lucky and we've gone and won yes you can say yeah that's an overachievement um i think he Boyer's looking at it from the start when we when, when they all walked back in in the summer and he really probably looked around and thought, you know, I've got a bunch of kids, I've got some old hands here, but I don't have enough quality in depth. You know, what can we do? Can we get people in? And obviously, because of the jokers who were trying to run the club at the time, we couldn't really do anything. It was just picking up people on frees and on cheaps. And, you know, remember, Thomas has only come in towards the end of last year. We've had one window you know, under a salary cap, you know, and sometimes people's expectations. Um, and it, it it drives me crazy because you see people saying, oh, you know, we should have spent money, we should have spent a million pounds on this Exeter player, blah, blah. You know, we've got an owner who's, I'm thinking we've got an owner who's a sensible businessman who's not going to throw a million pounds on an Exeter centre-half just because some um, voice on Twitter tells him, oh, this is a good idea. And then they get angry when that doesn't happen. And you're thinking, so you have a moment, we we, li- we were limited under how much you could offer a player, you know, to get them under a cap, which was there at the time, and deal with what we're doing. Um, overachieving where we are in the league with a start with the... I know people, people tend to forget very quickly where we were at the start of the season, um, ownership-wise and restriction-wise. They just look at it now and say, hold on a minute, why are 
um, Portsmouth, why are Doncaster, why are Sunderland all doing better than us? Well, you know what, because they've, they've been a bit more consistent, but there's still, you know, no one, there's, there's a bit of a gap at the top, but there's still the chasing pack. And I, I don't understand where this sense of entitlement has suddenly arisen because we've got a steady owner who's got a few bob, but he's already said he's going to do it sensibly. I think it makes absolutely zero sense to me to get rid of Bowyer now because any manager coming in might change the way they play, but he's not going to change the play and stuff. You're going to have the same kind of people. Um, so I think, you know, Bowyer probably looks at it and say, hold on a minute, we've not man managed to get, you know, a string of wins together. So have we overachieved when we have had a few wins? I, I, I think he's right, to be quite honest. And, you know, it's I, I just don't get a sense of entitlement. You know, you are where you are in a league, whatever division you're in. You know, it's, it always frustrates me when people say, oh, you know, this should be a championship club, this should be a premiership club. You are where you are for the very reason of, of, of results and everything. So, mm. you know, you can't expect anything to be handed to you. And I think mm. Bowyer's be actually being a realist. Yeah, well, um, there, there's so many differing views that, as always, have been uh, tweeted into Charlton Live. Um, so we, we, we're going to share some of those um, uh, now with you. I mean, I, I did ask the question because, obviously, that was one of the main talking points out of yesterday. Are we uh, overachieving or are we below par, you know, with, with the amount of issues we've had off the field, but we have only won three in 12. Should we expect more? despite the problems or, or must people take those into account so that was the question i put on there fair you know very open question i mean london geezer says the fan base is completely toxic uh, at the moment uh, i mean there's certainly a lot of argument because there's a lot of people with differing views um you know a a, 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 a fan wanting bowyer out on its own isn't toxic obviously that's a, that's an opinion but it's the arguing between those who do and those who don't that can be quite tiresome and i'm not uh, saying anyone's right or wrong in, in either side there. Um, uh, Tracy says, I think we need to uh, take it all into account, give them all the benefit of the doubt for now and then see what happens uh, at the end of the season. Nat says we need Curbs helping out Lee uh, with tactics, not on the sidelines with Scott. Uh, surely there is a role for him in coaching. When we played bad under Curbs, he sorted out the defence first and ground out a nil-nil and then built from it. Yeah, that's something we've, we've been struggling to do. Uh, Gregory says, I think that Lee Bowyer needs lockdown to end and to get an appointment at Specsavers. Uh, DCF says, uh, didn't Thomas Sangard say the objective is the top six. If your boss sets you a target, you need to achieve it or expect a performance review. Right now, we are underachieving. I don't feel as though the season is lost yet, though. Uh, Carl said Aboya came out after the window and said he has a top six squad. You compare that versus the league table and we are below par. Performances uh, for the main since that uh, Gillingham away game have not been consistently good enough. Um, it's interesting, actually, now because... so. Just picking up on that, so Bowyer does say, yeah, he certainly said after the window we had a top six squad. But I think now what he's trying to say is, but don't forget that is after the window. So for therefore half the season we haven't. I guess is 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 a point he's trying to make there. But Simon says, apart from the small matter of saving our great club, uh, Bowyer, another big decision may have been made. Uh, may have to be made by Thomas Sangard. If we don't at least reach the top six, will Thomas Sangard be happy for Bowes to plan for next season? This team clearly isn't good enough. We need to trust uh, Thomas. Right, uh, Terry says, surely you must take some of it into consideration. I'm of the opinion that Bowes should at least 
uh, this and next season to build for us. Uh, Ian says, if Lee Bayer tells us we will go on a run, he is not achieving his own expectations, not about over or underachieving. He has failed to find a solution to letting in too many goals. And yeah, and that is, I mean, that is certainly one of the big frustrations for me is that we know going forward we're fine you know we'll probably miss your chance here we'll have the odd game where we don't score but our goal our goal scoring records is fine as far as i'm concerned defensively you know we've had so long to try and iron out these mistakes now terry and i just can't i can't understand why 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 they don't get ironed out and if it is a personnel thing then you know obviously the, the discussion was had about whether we should have got a def- you know, try and get a defender in 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 the break but the, the the fact that we can't seem to iron out these mistakes and and we're still what you know over halfway through the season now that that is a major source of frustration for many fans and and understandably so um it's it's i think i said it at the top of the show it's a strange one to try and get your head around when you look at our away form you know we i think we're the second best team in the league for away uh, away results um was it eight wins and i don't think i think it's only lincoln have bettered that uh, and they're at the top um, why why it's so different at home I, I, I wish I could answer that I mean yes you know when we went on that great run our defence was, was different it, you know we had the solid partnership of uh, Fanwo and Ennis and we haven't had that since uh, and maybe that's the reason and the, perhaps the reason he didn't sign anybody in the, in the window is because he's, he's always said and I think every manager says that you only buy or bring in players if they, uh, if they improve you and is he is he looking out there? Has he looked? Did he look out there and think, well, for the price tag that we could afford, uh, bearing in mind the salary cap and everything else, it means we'd have to uh, get rid of of other players to to bring in defenders. Maybe that wasn't possible, and it's entirely likely that it wasn't possible. And equally, if you know you've got uh, Famos really close to coming back, uh, Innis, I think the scan is might be in the next day or so, and if that comes back positive, then they're both very close to coming back. They're two defenders that uh, you probably couldn't buy for the money we got them in, or loan in, should I say. So it may just not have been possible to bring in anybody with a better quality to make us better at the back uh, for the for the um, the limitations we had. So you just uh, you just have to go with the cards you dealt with, uh, and that's I think what he's been trying to do. Uh, you look you look at the defence uh, away from home last week; it was outstanding. Everybody did their job, not just and not just the back four or back five or back three or whoever, whoever it's set up. The whole team defending from the front, the midfield was superb. It just didn't happen. Now whether um, the fact that Jake Forskeski had to go off fairly early on in the game had a bearing on the the way it panned out, I don't know. But certainly the way we defended and played up at Rochdale was was so much different to the way we then played at, at the Valley yesterday. It's so hard to put your finger on it. I'm tearing my bloody hair out. I ain't, ain't got much left to, to, to do, right? MICFC uh, says, home form or advantage, uh, we have none. Why, uh, with no crowd, only thing to make us home uh, is to use our dressing room. Half the squad uh, probably haven't even been in there. It's an interesting point, actually, but I believe, like, so because of the social distancing, I believe that any team in the dressing room has to spread out over two separate rooms, so it's easier to do your team talk for, for in one dressing room. I believe that's why we've gone for that. Um, can Terry? I um, can I can I interject here because I've actually seen it, <clears throat> seen how it's panned out. Um, the away dressing room, uh, half of the team are in the away dressing room, the away team, and the other half are in the old media center of the away. In team. the Charlton Live Studio. <laughs> Correct. Well, yeah, to, to you know where the uh, press conferences were. Yeah, uh, right. that's where they are, and Charlton team 
are split in a similar way, but half are in the changing room and the other half are upstairs. So before we come out, the half that are in the changing room have to go upstairs to come out. <laughs> oh, I never that's, knew that. Uh, that. That's the way it's panning out. Now, I'd, I've got an opinion on this, actually. I think uh, we're too generous in that. I think uh, we should make we should make the away team come down the stairs before the game. Make it, make it diff- seem strange for them, because I wonder half the reason, perhaps, is because it seems so strange. For you know, for the way it panned out, maybe they're not their mindset's not right. And I'm yes, I'm making excuses. I know that, but maybe we should just be a little bit tougher on the away teams and make them change in in awkward yeah. circumstances. Make them yeah. climb up and down four flights of stairs before they come out on the pitch. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same ever since I've started working from home. I just tell my bosses, like, I've had to come downstairs this morning. Like, I'm not, it's not in the right right frame of mind now. There's steps involved. <laughs> um, uh, Graham actually made the same point on email. Why do we make life comfortable for the teams we play at home by letting them use the tunnel while we clamber down the stairs? So, yeah, it's, it's certainly something that people have been thinking about. Right, Dan Dempsey uh, said, again, we're just watching, uh, the team is just watching players run into our box. I don't agree with Boya that we're overachieving, we're underachieving uh, against poor footballing sides the top six miss out and it will be a poor season Vince says uh, um, seen this before with Charlton teams over the years three months of bad form Lee Bayer and staff haven't come up with any answers we can't keep blaming uh, this on the lack of uh, centre-backs who are injured uh, this is a big test for Lee Bayer at the moment he's failing uh, abysmally uh, the S. ELK Grassroots Podcast said we continue to blindly keep faith in Lee Bayer who has proven to not have answers when the chips are down. The League One promotion playoff season went our way most of the year. We carried somewhat by uh, Lyle Taylor uh, and a much better squad than we have now. This and last season Lee Bayer has been found out uh, tactically. Tom Bramley says it's another shocking performance at home. I think Bayer should get the summer to turn us around but our home form has been terrible recently. I know uh, people say that we nearly didn't have a club in October uh, but we do now, and our standards should be higher than mid-table mediocrity. Um, uh, Gordon says, uh, tactically, we seem completely out of ideas. We have done for weeks now, despite having a decent first-team squad for League One level. We've been undone by almost every team in the league now. We're tactically naive, and that's a management and coaching issue. Same errors every week. Bows need help. I mean, tactics is certainly something people question. That's, that's, a, that's a standard go-to question when, when a team isn't playing well, Mark. I mean, tactics... It means getting yourself A, into a position to create chances, which we do, and then B, to make sure that you don't allow the other team defend, you know, defensive defensively to get through you, which we saw, for example, at Rochdale, but we're not seeing often enough at home. So is it attack? I mean, but at the same time, like, we, we can always pinpoint like a, a mistake that someone makes. So are, are we are we tactically wrong or are we personnel or individual errors wrong or, or is it a, a bit of both? What do you think? Uh, well, couple of points first 10 teams in the league have won more away games than they have home games which you know is pretty high and that's from top literally down to even Wigan down in the bottom four have won more away um so that's that's going to be something we talked about a few weeks ago about the pressure is less on the away side because they're hearing you know they said yesterday tactically because old Evans is just shouting at the referee the entire game and that's it's got to him it really has to be. Um, Decision-making, uh, again, difficult. But again, it's, it's about an opinion. And I said uh, earlier, and 
you said about seeing tweets and stuff, and I know as a couple of the guys, I know Benji and Nathan, neither of them look at social media after the game because it's you just get the almost worst knee-jerk reactions, which is why, you know, when we do the show, you've had a day to sort of like think about it and ponder about it. But someone was saying that Bowyer had to go because he, he should have got rid of the two 35-year-olds. He meant Pearson, Prattley, and kept Madison and Williams. I'm thinking if a, if a season was to end now, you know, for me, player of the season has been Prattley again, and you know maybe Jake alongside him. Um, Personnel-wise, it's been difficult because he has chopped and changed. I mean, I think yesterday, I don't know, it was last time where we had a totally unchanged team for two matches running. You know, that could be injuries, that could be anything, and it's going to have to change it again. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I, th- I just think it's it's crazy. It's you know, the, the beauty of football it is about opinions, but at the end of the day, one man makes the decision, and if you know we get to the summer and he can say right. You, you and you, you're not being renewed. I want to bring in X, Y and Z. And Thomas can say, right, we can do this, but it's going to be on a, we have to be here by Christmas and we have to be promoted if, you know, if we don't get anything this season. And then Boya knows exactly where he's going to stand. I mean, I think Thomas, if I remember rightly, had said he had almost like a six-year plan to get us back to the Premiership, which... You know, it's nice to hear an owner being enthusiastic and actually talking and caring about the game uh, more than their own sort of like line in their pockets or sitting in Belgium wondering why everything's going wrong. Um, so I think it's a case of it's it's really hard now, especially when it's raw after a de- defeat, is to say, look, a bit of patience, you know, might just benefit us all, you know, in the long run. So, you know, you had to have patience under Curbs, you know, and it worked. You had to have patience. I mean, Terry will back me up under Lenny Lawrence. There were plenty of people calling for him to go and the board at the time didn't and got the rewards for it. And I think if Thomas shows some patience, you know, he's not going to be limitless, you know, but if he shows some patience with Bayer, I'm, you know, certain, you know, we can, you know, turn it round and be successful. Well, fingers crossed. Right, a couple more tweets before we'll go to a break and then get on to the emails. Uh, Robert Crouch uh, says, The gaps at the back are so noticeable, I can see danger happening. I'm sure others can too. Yes, the goals are weldies, but all can be avoided. We are literally not doing the basics right at the back. The closeness of marking is awful. You're taught young to show outside and away from the goal uh, and danger half a yard away from your opponent. Third goal, Perrington may as well have been in the next borough. He was that far away from Dempsey. You could literally see it coming. Yeah, when I got home, I think Ben Perrington was sat on my sofa. Is how far back he went for that goal. Uh, Dave Boy uh, said Dave's final thought. Yeah, Dave got really excited that the show ended on his tweet on was it Thursday? And uh, so, unfortunately, Dave, you're not the final thought this time. You're in the middle. He says, Dave's final thought, a uh, bit rubbish, uh, some positives. Overall, Dreamland turned into a nightmare. Uh, we go again. And finally, just before we go to the break, then Lewis Stubbs says that uh, we dominated large parts of the game, really should have won this one. Uh, inconsistency is killing us this season. Our defence really needed strengthening, and it proved it yesterday. Their second goal was unreal, but the other two were poor pieces uh, of defending. Boya's time 
is up now. And then uh, Lewis did add, uh, please don't share the views of Bow Your In fans only. Well, we certainly haven't been only sharing one view, especially if you listen over uh, the last few weeks, Lewis, we've, we've shared everyone's views. So uh, don't, don't, don't let that idea get in your head. Uh, but thanks. Thanks for your tweet. Uh, thanks for getting involved uh, as well. Right. We'll have a quick break. We've still got loads of emails to come to as well uh, on a slightly longer version of uh, Charlton Live this week. I'm sure you can imagine we've had plenty of people wanting to get in touch. We're trying to get to as many uh, as possible on this week's show. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes. It's a shot. Oh, great break. The power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but it's passed him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before half-time, make it two. That you're going to be okay anyway. You know there's no Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to the final part of uh, Charlton Live for this week. Uh, a few more emails. I want, like I say, I want to try and get everyone's opinion in as, as many as we can because, like I said, we get so many. So, uh, uh, pick a few of the emails at random. Uh, again, thanks to all of you who do get in contact with the show, though. Uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk if you want to email us uh, for next week's show uh, or at Charlton Live on Twitter as well. Simon O'Hara. Uh, says uh, it's another loss and another list of excuses from Bowie. It's a big decision for Thomas coming. Will he or want or trust Bowie in in the for the transfers in the summer? Oh, to be fair, actually, I don't I don't think we've actually answered that question ourselves. So I'll come to Mark on this one. Um, if in the summer we haven't been promoted, what what decision do you think Thomas would make, and what decision would you make in terms of Lee Bowie? Ah. Uh... One, I think it depends how our season goes between now and the end of the season. If there's an alarmingly drop-off, then I think that changes it. Um, I think, obviously, you know, Thomas will sit down with Gallon and Bose, you know, possibly Jackson, and say, right, what are the plans? Who are the players we're looking at? Can we get out of division next year? How likely is that to happen? What can we offer people? Can we offer better contracts? You know, can we clear out one or two players? Can we bring in someone who's really going to make a difference to us? And look at it that way. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be in Thomas's ear yet saying, oh, no, this guy's going to guarantee. There's no manager. You know, they're going to sit down and say they can do well, but I don't think anyone's going to come in and say, I guarantee you I can get us promoted. You know, there's one or two managers who have got quite a lot of promotions on their CVs. But it's not like there's a, a massive list of talent out there where you can say, right, you know, you know who, who's available. You know, I heard someone pondered Eddie Howe. I'm thinking, yeah, he was just in Premiership and he wants to come to League One, even with a budget. You know, it's I can't see it. And I think some of his football was pretty turgid, to be quite honest. Um, I think we'll survive to summer. And I think, you know... Thomas will back him to a point and I said he might say to him look you know this is where I want to be in six months I want us to be top of the table you know xyz this amount of goals you know and we'll look at it there and then mm. you know if it's not happening then you'll be gone at Christmas and someone can come in have a window and hopefully get us promoted I think that's a way to look at it I think mm. to get rid of him now is just just crazy yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I think if if Bay was still here in the summer, I think that would actually be his first window where there wasn't any massive like transfer embargo, wage cap, some sort of thing really holding him back. So that that would be interesting to see if, if if Thomas takes that into account. You know, and 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 it's not always easy to turn around things. 
you know, after a relegation. Look at what happened to Leighton Orient when they when they had a new owner coming in. It still took them a while to sort of bounce back from uh, from where they are. So that's one thing that will be interesting as well. Yeah, I've got one view on that if I'm allowed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm harking back to a, a tweet as well that um, you read out that where somebody said uh, uh, our promotion season was carried by um, Lyle Taylor which is absolute tosh, by the way. Uh, I'm just going to read out some players that uh, we had in that season compared to... Uh, I'll just read them out, and then you've got Lyle Taylor, of course. You've got Anthony Dixdale, Patrick Bauer, Joe Rebo, Dylan Phillips, Christian Billick, Josh Cullen. Um, now, Colin Grant for half a season. Those players, every single one of those players would walk into this side. That's my opinion. I'd very much doubt whether too many people would uh, would disagree that at least all, if not the majority of those players, would walk into this side now. So to say that it was a fluke or to say that it was a one-player uh, one-player season, I think is nonsense. And I think would we have been able to sign the calibre of those players again uh, without uh, a salary cap, without any uh, interference from uh, from rogue owners? And the answer probably is yes. So we'll. Um, Will Thomas Sengard look at this and say, "Well, let's uh, let's try and give Lee Bayer and his management team no restrictions and get the calibre of player that we got when we got promoted last time." Mm, certainly interesting, yeah. Because when we got promoted last time, we were operating under a Roland who, you know, forced us to scrimp and save a little bit on costs and, and water bottles, etc. And and Bayard, you know, proved it then. So. Will Will Thomas look at that and say, "Well, you've done it before. Do it again." It's interesting, isn't it? Right, Craig says uh, an embarrassing home defeat against uh, Gillingham. Uh, the club is so inconsistent at the moment. One step forward, three step back. Uh, to concede after thirty seconds is a joke. Poor from Chucks as well to go in uh, for that challenge on a yellow. Is this run ever going to happen? Uh, as for Bo's overachieving remark, do me a favour. We must do better. That's from Craig. Cheers, Craig. Phil says hi, guys. Uh, it seems we can only play competitive football in every other match at the moment. Uh, Whilst we do have a, a, t- a decent attacking football at all times, defensively and in midfield, we only managed one good game in two. Until we can put consistent performances in every match, we're never going to be serious contenders for the playoffs, let alone automatic promotion. I feel that the talk of the embargo and being two weeks behind everyone is becoming tedious. Uh, we are now in February and the two players that we managed to bring in early have not performed well in any of those games they have played. The squad has the ability to challenge, but for some reason they cannot put two performances together at the moment uh, and chances are going on that extended one run are uh, wishful thinking. We need to go back to basics with a settled side as far as possible. Make sure we compete for every ball. Too often our players are not competing for second balls. Uh, also, I voted for the podcast and best of luck. You may be our only chance of winning any further trophies this season after the uh, Community Trust. Keep up the good work. Uh, cheers, Phil. Thanks for your vote and, and thanks for your email uh, as well. Uh, Scott Jones says, Hi, guys. I understand that given the current circumstances, you can't just rant to your mates about how we've played uh, out the way, uh, out, you know, on your way out of the ground after a game or on the train or down the pub. Uh, but the reaction on Twitter after every game is becoming silly. Uh, do your people honestly think we played that badly yesterday? People ask Boyer to keep the same back four. He kept the same team and they didn't deliver again. Why is it Boyer, Jackson or the physios thought that we aren't in the top two? Uh, when did the players get held accountable? Ultimately, uh, with the summer window we had, realistic fans knew it would take something special to get promoted this year. The embargo, the previous ownership and the wage cap have massively affected this season. It's not a coincidence that the winning streak happened around the same time the takeover was completed and the squad was just ri- 
riding on the wave of the positivity around the club. Give Boyer and Jacko the summer with no wage cap, no embargo and stability. Judge them after that. They deserve that. Yes, we haven't performed this season. I'm not saying it's been good, but we've seen worse. Who else is there in to bring instead? Uh, Kirk or Howe? Uh, I've seen them on Twitter. People need to be realistic. They won't go near league one enjoying the pods thanks that's from scott cheers scott yeah uh, plenty of different views uh coming in we should say uh jonathan west and adam biggs uh, from the upbeats have uh, emailed in as well to say hello um and and hoping that we can uh, pick up some more results hope you two uh are well we'll just come to one more just uh uh, Robert Chilvers, uh, hi guys, uh, after much fall, I'm on the opinion that this season, uh, taking everything into consideration, the gods are simply against us. COVID, no crowds, injuries, red cards, embargo, late takeover, salary cap, weldies, basic defensive errors, and hitting the woodwork to top it all off. The salary cap lifted after deadline day. Just roll on uh, next season. That's from Robert Chilvers. Well, yeah, roll on next season, certainly. I'm not quite writing off this season yet. Uh, although it's clear where we need to improve and, and improve fast if we want to stay in that race for the top six. I'm just praying that we do so and, and I can stop tearing my hair out about these inconsistent uh, defensive performances. Right, I think we've run out of time on this week's show. Sorry to, if we didn't get to anyone's emails uh, or tweets. As I said, we've had hundreds in uh, this week and, and we can't get to them all, but I'm really pleased that so many of you have tried to get involved with the show, so thank you for that. A real range of uh, opinions on the show, which I think actually shows the split amongst the fan base or the different opinions. Uh, try, try not to get into arguments on Twitter. That's all I say. We're all Charlton fans. We all want the same thing. We all want the best for the club. Uh, some people just have differing views on, on how that is uh, will, will be achieved. But we're all, we're all friends. Don't forget that. Right. Um, Run out of time. Uh, thanks to all of you who've got involved. Thank you to Terry and to Mark for uh, enduring this with me. <laughs> Cheers, friend. Lou, I'm just, before we, I just want to give a shout out to the Auckland Addicts. The guys in New Zealand who get up at three o'clock in the morning as a group of them who watch the games at that time of the morning and they'd listen to the show as well. And I said that when I was on next, I would say hello, you know, and vote for us. Oh, lovely stuff. Well, they must be absolutely mental getting up at three o'clock in the morning to watch us defend. But there we go. Fair play to them. Uh, well, well done, guys. Uh, thanks for, for listening, everyone. Then uh, we'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to the trip to Fleetwood. Uh, we'll speak to you guys again then. But I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.